Good morning, church family. How you doing this morning? I'm going to tell you right now, this can go two ways. My, my grandfather was a preacher, and my dad is a preacher, so I will either fly through this, or we're going to be here till the next service, I can tell you that, all right? Hey, I'm excited to be here this morning and to bring God's Word to you. If you don't know me, my name is Alex Smith, and uh, some time ago, in about 2008, I walked through those back doors as a college student at North Greenville University. So let me just tell you how special it is for me this morning to know that I walked through those doors and sat in that balcony and sat down here and was a part of the uh, Taylor's First Baptist Church as a college student. And some years later to come up and now to actually work part-time on staff and be able to preach this morning at Taylor's First Baptist Church. That to me is special. And so I count this as a privilege and I thank Dr. McWhite and the leadership, staff leadership we have here uh, for allowing me to come this morning and to share some good news of great joy. We have about 11 Fridays left till Christmas time, so I hope you're ready for it, and I hope you know that that is what we're celebrating here in the next little bit, and it should be every day, is our Savior Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to share a message with you that uh, uh, I was praying about, and the Lord just kind of laid, laid it on my nose, if you will. Uh, today's sermon is entitled, Crave It, Taste It, and Tell It. Now, I grew up a little bit in Spartanburg County and a little bit in Aiken, South Carolina, and uh, someone says your belly is your wife's resume, and I'm here to tell you, she's a good cook, all right? So my resume's doing well, and I'm cornbread fed, so I love eating, but I also know that Scripture uses food on occasion to draw us to Christ. The, the idea of what food can taste like, what it can smell like. We're going to look at that a little bit this morning. I came up with this sermon title. The Lord kind of gave it to me a couple weeks ago when I found out that I was going to have the opportunity to preach. And uh, for those of you that don't know, on occasion, on Sunday mornings, I drive the, the minibus up to North Greenville. We'll pick up students that don't have a ride, and we'll bring them down to service. Well, this particular Sunday, uh, there was no students that rode the bus, so I was driving up there. And uh, a little tidbit of information, the radio doesn't work in this particular minibus. So it's a lot of good time of praying. If you've ever taken that drive to North Greenville, it's a beautiful drive up that way. So I was praying on my way up there and no one rode the bus. So I was praying on my way back saying, Lord, you know, I have the opportunity to preach here in the next little bit. And would you give me something to preach about? Would you give me something that just hits me in the face pretty much? I'm, I'm just, I need it, Lord. And about that time, I came through a valley and someone was cooking up Sunday lunch, had to have been getting ready for after church. They were doing barbecue or something. And that, that smell hit my nose, and I said, man, Psalm 34, taste and see the Lord is good. And then, you know, I already told you I like food, and scripture that relates to food, I can get down with that, all right? So let's take our, let's take our scriptures and open them up this morning, if you have them, to Psalm chapter 34, verses 8 through 10. And we're going to be uh, jumping through the scriptures this morning, and I hope that's okay to open up God's Word more than once. And uh, if you would, as you turn there, if it's on your device or if it's in God's Word itself, uh, turn to Psalm 34, and I'm going to open us up with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we respect your position. God, you are a mighty king, a mighty ruler, but Lord, you don't stop there. You are a loving father. Lord, this morning with the opportunity that I'm given to stand on this stage and to preach your word. Father God, may I not say a word, but God, may they be your words speaking through me. Lord Jesus, we look forward to the day of your return. I'm excited to share what you've put on my heart this morning, God. I pray for the congregation and those watching online. 
God, that you would just use your scriptures and use these points that we have here in front of us, God, in a mighty way that would touch us and not just stay there, but God, that would touch us and help us walk daily in our life closer with you, Jesus. Lord, we invite you here now, God. We know you're here, but God, we want you to know you're invited to be a part of this and to lead us as we study God's word, your word, Lord Jesus, together. God, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for this time to come together at Taylor's First Baptist Church. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, Psalm chapter 34, verses 8 through 10. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to read this here. It says this, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Now I want to remind you, I do speak fast and I'll read even faster sometimes, so I will apologize in advance for that, okay? Psalm 34, David's writing this here out of personal experience. Now what is something that you love to smell? For me, a smell takes me back to a memory. And I was doing some research on your nose and your sniffer here. And I was thinking, hmm, there's a lot of good research here. It says your nose can identify up to 1 trillion different smells. You know that? That's crazy. I've got three kids all under the age of six. One we dedicated here and you probably got to see them on the screen. So I've smelled at least half of those smells. I'm sure of it. All right. 1 trillion smells. And they say in research that smelling can link to some happiness. It can link to memories. And so I just ask you today, what have you smelled lately that takes you back? For me, if I smell barbecue, I, I, I just think back of a Sunday nap. I'm going to be honest with you because I'm ready after I eat, I'm ready to go to bed, right? If I smell a campfire, it takes me back to when I was able to go to China and work, uh, do some humanitarian stuff with the IMB over there and get to work with those people and smell how they cook inside their huts. I mean, you can't even see, but the smell takes me back like that. A spring rain on fresh grass. It makes me, it, that smell of that takes me back to working my summers at Camp McCall up in Pickens, South Carolina, or sunset if you want to get real particular about it. Smells can take us back because typically your sniffer is not wrong. Okay, not all the time. Sometimes it can be, but your sniffer's not wrong in most cases. Psalm 34, 8 through 10, taste and see that the Lord is good. When we taste it, hopefully the Lord's pressing upon your heart and he works in such a mighty way that when you taste and see how good the Lord is, just a taste is going to bring you back for more. The first point I have for you today is desire for the Lord should be rooted in love, not obligation. Desire for the Lord should be rooted in love, not obligation. And what you do with your life, how you pursue the Lord Jesus Christ, should not be out of these actions that I have to do this. Lord, I'm burdened to do this. God, I just have to be uh, a part of what you're doing. God, I, I need to do this. I have to do that. That's not the case. When you love the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you can remember your BC days, remember that, your before Christ days, when you can remember who he is and who you are in him, then we can love and we ought to love him with a passion out of desire, not of oppression, I have to serve this king. It's I get to serve God Almighty. Does that make sense, church? Somebody say amen on that? I hope so. I hope this resonates with you this morning. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So desire for the Lord should be rooted in love, not obligation. I've got three points here, and I'm going to go through these somewhat quick. The first point, three ways to build desire for the Lord. Three ways to build desire for the Lord. The first one is by reference. 
And this is hearing of his goodness. This is hearing of his power and hearing of his love. What this roots down to is when I don't know who led you to the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you have not accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been living a life, however many years you've been alive, and you're thinking, man, you know, I've always played the game. I've heard about God. I heard, I've heard about his goodness. I've participated in church. I've gone on mission trips. I've done these things, but you don't know that you know that you know that you're saved. I challenge you. You're hearing about him this morning, and I challenge you to root down into his goodness and accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm here to encourage you this morning. Say, how have you listened? How have you heard the reference of God used in your life? Yeah, I think about someone who's a good cook. If you're looking for a caterer, or for in my case, I had my uh, Hannah, who's my wife, at the time we were dating in college, and I wanted her to meet my grandmother. She lived in Pauline, South Carolina, and I said, let me tell you, we're not going to be able to leave until she makes a little bit of buttermilk biscuits. I'm going to tell you, it's just, you can't leave. She's going to make them, and you're going to have to scuff one down. I promise you, you're going to have to, but you're not going to regret it. It is so good. You're not going to put a little honey on it. That buttermilk biscuit is something else. And if she cooks a little fat back and gravy, too, we might just spend the night, all right? So I was telling her about it, buttermilk biscuits, how, man, they are the best. She has a little bit of crust on top. She, she you know, puts the, puts the broiler on them just a little bit of crust on top, and then she slices them a little bit, puts a little bit of that Cracker Barrel cheddar cheese on it, and then flips them over. So if they're on top, they look like a regular biscuit, then they're buttered. But if they're flipped over, they've got cheese in them. So you know which one's which. And I had to tell her this. I told her about it. These buttermilk biscuits, I'm telling you, they are good. You're going to want them. That's a reference. I'm giving her that. Same thing if you're looking for a plumber. Hey, I need a plumber. Do you know anybody that's good to call? You're looking for a reference. Hey, look, I'm down in the dumps. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. Do you know a Savior? I've got a Savior for you, and his name is Jesus Christ. Can I get amen? That's what I'm talking about this morning, church, is that we have a reference that's worth giving. Do you understand that? We have a reference worth giving. It's better than buttermilk biscuits. I can tell you that right now. So to build desire, one of the ways, and there's many other ways to build desire for the Lord, but just the three that I put together for you this morning, to build, one of the ways to build desire for the Lord is by reference, hearing of his goodness, hearing of his power, hearing of his love, etc. The second one is by experience, experiencing his encounter or experiencing the goodness of Jesus Christ, experiencing the power of the Lord Almighty, experiencing the love of that only God the Father can give. This would be the beginning of your after BC days. I don't want to call them after AD, but this would be your point of salvation. If you have accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then this is, this is where the encounter begins. You've heard about God, and it may have been brief you've heard about him. And then you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. This is where the encounter begins. I don't know how long you have been a Christian, if you are a Christian. Maybe it's many years, many moons. Maybe it's just, maybe you're a young Christian. You're an older individual that has just accepted Christ. Glory be to God. Your encounter begins when Christ comes into your life and starts setting you apart. You start seeing things differently. You start feeling things differently in a way that I cannot explain it other than it's the Holy Spirit. You encounter. That desire to love the Lord should be rooted in love, 
not obligation. You've heard about the Lord. You've experienced the Lord. And the third point here under this, in desiring for the Lord should be rooted in love, not obligation, is remembrance. By remembrance, we recall and share his goodness. We tell about his love. We tell about his power. We tell about his ability to save if he chooses to heal. We talk about who our God is and what he's about. I'm here to tell you, church, this morning, I think you know this, but my God has the best track record that's out there. He's got a perfect score. He is the first. He is the last. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords, and he's worth remembering, church. He's worth remembering. We shouldn't just have something at Christmas time and something at Easter. And let me tell you, we celebrate Christmas because of Easter. Wow, we celebrate Easter because of Christmas. And let me tell you, we celebrate the God of the Old Testament. We celebrate the God of the New Testament. He is my King of Kings. He's my Lord of Lords. And I hope he's yours too. And I hope it fires you up a little bit to know, man, let me tell you, I can walk out of those doors and this is the mission field here. I know and I've heard about Jesus Christ. I've encountered him myself. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Church, that should get us a little bit fired up and my old grandfather's preacher's coming out at me. I might loosen this tie up here in a second. I may get to stomping. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize for that if I do it one time. Psalm 119, 103 talks about how sweet, David's writing again, how sweet, how sweet God is to my lips. He's using that figurative again. Taste and see the Lord is good. He talks about honey, sweet to the lips. Desire for the Lord should be rooted in love, not obligation. Christ died for us and now we owe him our life. He deserves nothing but no strings attached. Let me uh, share this with you here. Our next point that we're going to jump into is number two. So number one was desire for the Lord should be rooted in love, not obligation. And those desires are built by reference, by experience, and by remembrance. If you've got your scripture, turn over to 2 Corinthians. I'll give you just a second to do that if you choose to. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. While you're doing that, I'll just tell you, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what Taylor's First Baptist Church is doing in lieu of a pastor and waiting on a pastor. It's encouraging for me, someone who just turned 30 years young. How about that? I'm a, I'm a young spring chicken still, a little bit. Can't run as fast, but uh, I can eat just like a young guy. So, uh, But I'm excited to see what we're doing as a church and how ministry church has not stopped at Taylor's. I love that. Our children's ministry, did you see that this morning? Wow, on the screens and down front, our children's ministry is growing. Our student ministry is healthy. College ministry is healthy. Our adult ministry is healthy. We are moving in a direction where God wants us to go. And we're waiting and leaning on the Lord Jesus Christ. I just had to share that this morning. I'm encouraged by that. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. We've tasted it first. Now let's talk about this. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Verse 16. To the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? And we'll stop right there. Now that verse made me think of something. I like to smoke barbecue. Ribs, Boston butts, whole chickens. I love it. I, I really do. And if you ever want to eat Sunday lunch, we're getting ready to buy a house about a minute and 22 seconds from here, just across the railroad tracks. I would love to have you over and come eat some barbecue. I'm kind of biased, but I think mine's pretty good, okay? I can tell you, it's real good, all right? Well, I want to tell you something. When you make barbecue, you can just take the, the hunk of meat and throw it out there if you want to, but you've got to have some salt. 
you got to have some flavor to put in that. Now, I've got a certain little marinade I do for steaks. I've got a certain little mixture I do for my barbecue. i got a different mixture I do for my chicken. I love garlic and salt and pepper, but salt is a staple to flavor. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus Christ, he's a staple for flavor. But I'm going to tell you, it's not always attractive, okay? Some people are going to look at that and say, why are you that way? Don't push that on me. Here's the deal. I ain't pushing nothing on you. It's Jesus Christ shining out of me. I just want to share that with you this morning. Let me read that again, 15 and 16. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Verse 16 says, to the one we are aroma that brings death. To the one, uh, to the other, an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Church, I'm here to tell you, there is something out there called, uh, I, read, I read a book a while back called Vertical Church, and he talks about red apples and green apples. And that's when we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have some people who are red apples. They're ready. They're ripe. When you share the gospel with them, if, and I hope you do, are sharing the gospel with your neighbor, you're talking to them, you're praying for them. Maybe they're a red apple. They're ripe. They're ready to pick, meaning they're ready to ask Christ to be the center of their life. They're ready to surrender their life to Christ. But also there's green apples. And I don't mean Granny Smith apples. I mean apples that aren't ripe yet. And those apples are the ones that may be hard-hearted. Those are the ones that we're still praying for. I'm here to tell you this scripture, we should marinate. This is my point number two. We should marinate in God's righteousness daily to produce a pleasing aroma to Christ. We should marinate in God's righteousness daily to produce a pleasing aroma to Christ. Now, that aroma, if we're marinating in his righteousness, just like you would marinate something else, I don't mean you go home and just cover yourself in scriptures and lay down and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to wake up ready in scripture. That's not what happens. You've got to read it. You've got to pray it. You've got to live it. And you've got to share it out. Sorry, this thing's jumping all over the place. It's not used to me. All right. Knowing that said, when we marinate in God's righteousness daily, we're producing a pleasing aroma to Christ. This scripture, 2 Corinthians 15, uh, 2, 15 through 17, it talks about how it is pleasing to some, but is death to others. That aroma to Christ is pleasing to him, but it shows the sin nature to others. We have to understand that. You're not going to be liked by every person. You're going to have individuals who maybe curse you. You're going to have friendships that may dismantle. You're going to have family that may break away. If you are believing in Jesus Christ and living as such, as the scriptures call us to do, if you are marinated in his righteousness daily, not everyone's going to jump on board with that. Because of sin, because of a fallen society, sin is not spelled S-E-N, it's S-I-N because we are part of it, right? We are fallen, we are broken, and it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ are we even able to marinate in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Wow, what a truth to hold that we can be more like Christ daily by surrendering our life, submitting, saying, God, I don't want my life, I want your life through me. Let me marinate in your righteousness because I'm not good, you are good. Marinate in God's righteousness daily to produce a pleasing aroma to Christ. Three ways to marinate daily in his righteousness. You ready for this? We're going to go through this kind of quick. Three ways to marinate daily in his righteousness. Spiritually, marinate spiritually, marinate mentally, and marinate physically. Your mind needs to be that of Christ. Your heart, your spirit needs to be that of Christ. 
Your actions need to be that of Christ. Have you ever seen someone who, who played the game and on the outside they had it together? Maybe we'll just call it, because we're in church, we'll call it church. Have you seen someone who can talk the faith, but they're not living it? Or can they talk the faith, but you know deep in their heart, they don't understand. Maybe they're not even saved. Fake faith, have you seen that? Or maybe they know it in their brain. They know in their mind what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it, but their actions don't show it. Church, this is why I say this morning, the Lord kind of gave to me these three pieces, marinate in God's righteousness daily. We need to keep our mind right, keep your heart right, and keep your actions pure in what we're doing. Those three ways, linked with a desire, I really feel can be difference makers in our life. Nothing that we're doing, but it's Christ working through us to share the good news of great joy. Last verse I have for us here. We jump into point number three. Told you I'm going quick today. This is great. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says this. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let me read that one more time. Listen carefully. You may choose just to close your eyes and listen to this. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. Number three that I have for you, the point is be the difference. Be an active participant, not a passive observer. In your life, in your place of business, in your neighborhood, with your family, at the grocery store, or if you're getting groceries delivered, how are you being a difference maker? How are you being an active participant and not a passive observer? Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, we are loved. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. Let me tell you something. When you cook barbecue or maybe you cook a big Sunday lunch, cook a whole spread for the family. That My grandmother that I mentioned, she would cook a huge spread when all family would come to town. I'm talking fried okra, the good kind, fat back, gravy, buttermilk biscuits, fried chicken, green beans, you name it. She had it in sweet tea that tastes like syrup. It's still my favorite, all right? The whole hill smelled like her Sunday cooking. You could smell it. You can get into Pauline, into the county, you could almost smell it. Oh, she's got it on today, boys. It's time. We'd get up there and play and, and beat each other up, and then we have this big old smell lingering around us. Oh, man, we're hungry. Ah, outside. Get out of the kitchen. You ever heard that? Out of the kitchen until it's ready. But you know, she'd always be the last one to fix a plate, no matter how many times we'd ask her. No, you go first, Grandma. Nope, you go first. I'm here to tell you, the Lord has made a full spread, but he's gone first. He died on the cross for our sins, and he wants you to know you can live a life more full than you could ever think. Three points I have here. Be the difference. Become an active participant and not a passive observer. Three ways to be the difference. You ready for this, church? And we're about to close out. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is first. Before you can do anything else, before you can even share the gospel with intentionality, you can share it, but with intentionality, you have to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Number two, live in accordance with his word daily. That is hard. That is very difficult. Live in accordance with his word daily, but it's doable. 
Number three, seek, serve, and share Jesus Christ in all that you do. Seek, serve, and share Jesus Christ in all that you do. Now, there's a supporting passage here in Colossians chapter four, verse six. Verse four, excuse me. Colossians chapter four, verse six says, "How you speak need not be eloquent, but sincere with flavor." It says this: "Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone." Understand that, church. What we say matters. What we do matters. Where we go matters, and how we act on that makes a difference in what we like. We need to be seasoned with salt. Here's your takeaway for today, and I don't know if this is on the screen, but something it's a phrase, and I have a few more things for you here uh, in the takeaway. It says this, Daily crave and satisfy your desires in Christ in a manner that is contagious to a lost and dying world, spurring change of heart and kingdom impact. I'm going to read that again a little bit slower so you can hear that. The takeaway that I have today from all this stuff and talking about this is this. Daily, crave and satisfy your desires in Christ in a manner that is contagious to a lost and dying world, spurring change of heart and kingdom impact. Let me tell you, when you're talking to individuals, win their heart, don't just try to win the argument. Understand that. Try to win their heart. Don't try just to win the argument. I love that. Can I read something else for you? This may sound familiar to you, and this is one of my favorite ones here. I'm not going to say what it is. It's my favorite ones. Let's see if you can figure this out. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, watch this word, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, look at this, friend. And I know that he is with me and he'll be with me, guess what, till the end. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust his cleansing blood, and in simple faith to plunge me beneath the healing, cleansing flood. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. When's the last time you were able to take somebody at their word? Maybe you have a good coworker that you can't trust, your family you can trust. Church, I want to let you know something this morning. You may have the best intentions, and your family may have the best intentions, your friendships, your coworkers, and so on. But someone's going to let you down along the road. And we can either sit there. We can soak in it and be frustrated, or we can know, you know what? Nobody's perfect. God, how do I get through this circumstance? And I'm here to tell you, just take him at his word. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I invite you to come talk to me or any of our staff that are here at church. We would love to talk to you about what it means to be a real follower after Jesus Christ. 
We'd love to show you scripture throughout the whole Old Testament, New Testament, and talk to you about how good our King Jesus is and how worth it it is to follow him and how we can't say anything about it, but take his own word for it. He has a perfect track record. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today and will be tomorrow. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I want you to know there's more to this life than just sitting in a pew, singing some songs and going back home and eating good fat back and gravy. There's more to it, church. It's about loving our neighbor with a godly love that only God can give because God deserves the godly credit. Does that make sense to you this morning? I hope it does. And I hope it encourages you to say, you know what? He is worth it to take him at his word. I want to follow him all the days of my life. Lord, I don't surrender out of I can't do anything else. It's I surrender because you are everything else, Father. I want you to be my all in all. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, let me tell you something, you're missing out. You are missing out. And I would love to share Jesus Christ with you. If you do know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this doesn't get championed enough. If you do know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, keep the faith, stay the course, and work hard. You can do it through His power. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for a time to come together, Father, being able to open up your word and to read from your scriptures. God, you are a mighty and just God. Lord, I pray this morning, if there is one person within the sound of my voice in this room or watch on this audience, God, would you convict their heart, soften their heart, Father, to show them the love that you have. You're not a mean God, but you are a jealous God. And we respect that, knowing that you deserve all in all, Father. God, this morning, as we close out this time, Lord, if there's anyone here that needs to know you as personal Lord and Savior, Father, would you give them, Lord, the encouragement and the power, Lord, to have the, have the ability to walk down this, this aisle and come talk to me or any of our staff, God. Lord, for those that are following Jesus Christ, and Lord, who are just frustrated, God, bring them to a point of conviction and offering it up to you, saying, Lord, this is out of their control, but it's all in your power, God, to fix, to heal, to mend, if you will it. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, you just encourage our congregation. Give us a smile on our face. And if we go to lunch somewhere, God, will we share Jesus with that person who's waiting at our table? Or we'd pick up that phone and call that person who we know is running far from God or just needs encouragement. Help us, Lord, to love as you have called us to love. We love you, Lord. Thank you for another day to worship freely in, your, in this country, Father. It's in Christ's name, amen.